This is Financially Tuned with Michael Mansfield from The Lind Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With 10 years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Michael Mansfield to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Financially Tuned Radio. I'm your host, Mike Mansfield. I'm a certified financial planner with the Lind Group located in Ventura, California. As always, with us every week, punctual Tony Shore is here to help us. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something, some variety there with with talking well, about you. But well, it, yeah, it, you it sounded almost like you know. Don't make it sound like it's a chore. And every week, as nice. usual, he's back. There he is. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping for a fresh face, but no, no. Here I am, co-host Tony Shore. As always, here to give uh, Michael a hard time because if I didn't, who would, right? Exactly. Michael, I mean, exactly. You, you, you're living the dream over there, so I have to give you a hard time. But um, here we are rough. with another episode of Financially Tuned, and uh, today we're going to be talking about a number of things. We're calling this show "Is Your Savings Plan Enough?" And you know, we all we all worry a little bit. I'm sure, no matter how much you have or how little you have. Uh, about having enough to retire on when we want to retire. And um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that and what's involved and what people are going to try to pitch to you to convince you that you have to have uh, to have enough in retirement. And right. uh, there's, a, there's a couple of different angles people come from. Uh, they, they come from the angle of an insurance salesman or a stockbroker. They're either telling you to put it all in the stock market or buy this product or else. That's so, all or nothing. Yeah. So what I want to talk to you, Michael, is uh, which which end of that spectrum do you fall on, and what do you think of those financial professionals out there that are trying to trying to tell our listeners what to do? And I I think our listeners need a more a broad uh, approach and some good advice before they sure, sure. sign on the dotted line with somebody, you know. And I was gonna title this show "Why I Threw Up in My Mouth This Week." <laughs> which is uh so you got a little sick to your stomach you heard something you didn't like or saw something you didn't like uh, well I take it's, it. it's so funny and i have i go through waves of what i look at see i like research i like education i like things that propel propel me to know more for my clients and help them out what gets exhausting though is when you turn on the radio and a lot of different channels, not just this channel, but a lot of channels play a lot of different things, a lot of different talk radio, a lot of paid programming. And there's so much noise out there. There's so much being said that it becomes a little exhausting and to be fair, a little concerning. You know, you know what's ironic is actually in the last couple of weeks of listening to a lot of different radio channels and a lot of stations and things like that is it made me actually feel really good about what the Department of Labor is doing, trying to change the fiduciary standard, because I'll tell you what, there are a lot of tactics out there. There are a lot of things being said, a lot of actions being pushed, 
a lot of it is fear-mongering. I'm going to scare the heck out of you. The stock market's bad. The fees Ooh. are high. Everybody's Ooh. mean. It's all terrible. Thanks for the sound effects. And, and the reality is, is that really the case? You know, it's funny. Over the some weekend, some of those I, things might be true in some cases. But. Well, absolutely, but but it's all with shades of gray. You know, for example, um, one of the common things that I hear about talked about on the radio is people talk about series of returns, and so they go back to like two thousand or two thousand one, and they start with the S and P five hundred, and they and they say all the different returns that could be coming from the S and P five hundred, and then they compare that to like a fixed indexed annuity and what you would have made or lost at the same time. And it's funny because they could go through a whole lot of years of returns, and what they're trying to show is, hey, look, if you did, if you weren't in the 100% risk S&P 500, you didn't participate in the early 2000s, you didn't participate in 08, and my investment, it's safe, it's always growing, look how well you did. And granted, if you think about it just like that, hey, that's probably very true and very relevant. But let's start putting some little asterisk thoughts on all of that. Number one, did you solely invest in 2001? That was the day one entry into the stock market. Or were you invested in the 90s with the great run-up too? You know, When you pick a time segment to start rattling off returns, doesn't represent an individual person's experience. It has no relevance oh, probably I to most people's point. experience. Just because I decided to select the very top of the market right before the stock market crashed for two and a half years, <laughs> I wonder why that was good timing to start showing those returns. You know, what if you sure. wanted to start them in 05 when the market was going up? Yeah, I mean, it, it's all yeah. with shades of gray. The other thing too is, I got to ask the people out here that are listening, how many of you are 100% invested in the S&P 500? My money, it's all in. Woohoo! That's how my portfolios always are. Probably not true. Probably not relevant. I'm 35 years old. I don't have 100% of my money in the S&P 500. I've got some in cash. I've got some in bonds. I've got some in stocks. I've got all kinds of things going on. And so when you talk about the 2001 S&P 500 correction losing 12 percent and then 2002 the s p 500 going down 22 percent oh my gosh you lost 30 percent in two years that's true for the quarter of a percent kind of person that's actually all in the s p 500 that doesn't represent the real person does anybody remember in 2001 that when the s p 500 went down 12 percent investment grade bonds have an average of eight and a half percent positive return that year well, wait a second. What if you were in a 50-50 portfolio, half in the stock market, half in the bond market? Did you do as bad as the S&P 500? You know, the following year, 2002, the S&P 500 goes down 22%. You know, something insurance agents love to talk about. Oh, but do they talk about how the commodities index was up 26% that year and gold was up 24% and investment grade bonds were up 10%? Wait a second. No, all my money's in the S&P 500. Well, there there might be people out there whose money was, I mean, there are people who just want to, hey, just the S&P 500, that's where I want my money. There's probably a few out there, sure. but the majority of people have a more diversified portfolio. Absolutely. So is your point, though, I, I want to clarify, uh, Mike, is your point that um, these people who are trying to get you to buy fixed index annuities with these writers, they're 
poo-pooing the stock market based on just a, a, a segment, a flashpoint, or just the S&P 500 without looking at the big picture. Absolutely. You're, you're using a very specific set of data that doesn't fit most people and making an argument that every the stock market and equities are all wrong based on that when it doesn't have a very clear distinction of how most people are. Most people are diversified, like you said, Tony. Most people have some money in cash and in bonds in their portfolio. Some people have gold in their closet. Some people have high yield bonds and foreign stocks and all those different things. There's a lot of different places that we approach investing our money. And so to say that we're all going to focus on this one simple metric is not is not a fair assessment of, of investors. Not at all. And that's fine. Yeah. Especially if they work with somebody like yourself, they're going to end up with a diversified portfolio and diversified, they're going to be have more of a balance of where their assets are allocated. And we've talked about asset allocation. It seems like every show right. and every time we talk about savings or especially planning your retirement income, uh, you, you talk about the need to have your assets properly allocated. But are you saying then... You get frustrated with these guys who go on who are obviously trying to hit you over the head with fixed index annuities saying, everybody, I've got one. Everybody I know has one. My family members have one. They're great. Uh, they're very popular. Well, they are a popular retirement vehicle right now, a fixed Absolutely. index Absolutely. annuity. So fixed index annuities are popular. There must be a reason. Are you saying to avoid those altogether? Not at all. Not at all. No. Fixed index annuities are products that we also use. But picking the product is not important. Picking the investment is not important. Creating the plan is important. Telling people that stocks and investments are scary only because you have one type of license in CoinCell, one type of product, is not fair to the consumer. That's just you doing the best you can with your licensing. See, I have an insurance license. Look me up, California Department of Insurance. I also have securities license. I'm also a certified financial planner. I believe so much in education that I, even though I have a bachelor's degree and I went to the CFP school and all that fun stuff, I've gone back to school. I take uh, classes at nighttime at Cal Lutheran University to get an MBA specifically in financial planning that I'm almost done with. Education and licensing and credentialing allow you to create fair assessments for people, scaring them away from things that have worked in different time periods is not a fair tactic. Because remember, not everybody should be in the stock market. Totally agree with that thought. Everybody needs a plan, but a plan discusses the concept of segmenting your assets. You know, one of the things you said earlier was, you know, today is do we have enough money in our savings? And then you asked me, Tony, you know, where do I fall in the spectrum between that stockbroker and that insurance agent? And the, the reality is I fall right in the middle. I use both, both tools. We need insurance products with safeties and guarantees for income planning. We need stock market type investments and bonds and equities and all that kind of stuff for long-term growth in an inflation hedge. It's our green money and our red money. There's a huge distinction between what those two asset classes are, but a lot of normal people that fall in that you know half a million to million dollar plus range of assets, they're going to need a little bit of both to get through life. If you don't have any money, maybe insurance is a good way to go. If you need some underlying guarantees and you need some income and you're just trying to get a paycheck. But if your goal is to try to plan for the unknown, because what are the biggest unknowns we have going on? Tony, you were, we were talking right before this about the concept of long-term care, and that was 
kind of the premise of the show was, do we have enough saved? What if you have this giant health event problem? Right. Well, that's a tough pickle. Number one, if you have no money saved, well, you know, that's tough, right? If yeah. you have a boatload of money, if you're sitting on three, five, ten million dollars, well, you know, maybe who cares? <laughs> you can afford it. But if you fall into that gray area, you know, you've got three, four hundred thousand dollars and less than maybe a million and a half, two million dollars, you're in that weird area that, you know, if your spouse gets really sick, stays sick for a long time and then you get sick, you could burn through all your assets. Yeah, so that's not good. It's not good. You know, we just experienced that with my grandmother. My grandmother, who passed away in March, had her first stroke in 2005. And that's that was the beginning. She needed a little more care and then a little more care and then another stroke. And then she developed congestive heart failure, uh, you know, and then a little more care. And then she was in the home after the in-house nurses weren't helping enough. And then we put her in the nursing home up in Ohio at the Gables. And we watched the progression of care. But when you read the little long-term care book that says, hey, if you can show receipts, we'll give you benefits for, you know, three, four years kind of a thing, a very typical policy. Whatever planned for my grandma being sick and needing that stuff for a decade, she beat all odds, you know. What if my grandfather yeah. was now behind her and now he's sick for a decade? I mean, it'd be incredible, the cost. Yeah. So it's a, it's a toughie. And those are the things that we have to look at and we have to evaluate. But kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier, though, we don't just say, hey, I'm retired. That's it. Uh, take all money out of investments, put them all in insurance. That's too extreme. It doesn't make sense because if you retire at 65, what if you live to 95? You know, yeah. you could be a lot of people could be retired. You know, they say as long or longer than they worked and, and funded their retirement. Right. You people know? can be retired nowadays for uh, 20, 30 years easy. And my grandfather's 95 and going strong. So that's incredible. Yeah. 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 Good, he pulled, he's, he took his camper and his uh, he outlived two wives, him and his him and his new friend. And they in the camper. He took him up to a cabin to go fishing. He, he drove, he unhooks the camper, he puts in the dock. He's 95. So uh, I realize he's he's not the norm, but people are living longer and longer. So that's a great point. Now, we have to take a little break right here, Michael, to uh, oh, yeah. throw a few commercials at him. But uh, oh, yeah. we can come back and talk more about this. Before we go to this commercial break, though, why don't you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you? So, so you can help them look at their big picture. And I know everybody's different. It really depends on age, how much money they have, what their time horizon is, when they want to retire. All those factors come into play, and they need to have a, a written plan. Like you said, that's the starting point. Well, and that's the theme. I'm a planner. I'm a certified financial planner. I actually use that word in my practice, whereas I think other people uh, use that word just to sell stuff. We plan what income is coming in from the world, social security, pensions, rental income. How much do you need from the world? What's that income gap? How do we solve it? We build income plans to help people have sustainable income that makes sense. We don't want to just put you in a product and say, hey, this is cool. It's safe. It's guaranteed. Someday it'll work out just fine and dandy. If we put you in an investment, you know exactly why you're in it. You know exactly when you're going to utilize it. Then again, plans are always living and breathing. We want to change and update things regularly with all of our clients. 
Call our office, 805-500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. Visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. On our website, there's a lot of material if you poke around. There's a lot of consumer videos that are interesting. You can see a picture of my book. You can even see my ugly mug. So uh, (laughs) you can contact us on there, all that fun stuff. So please reach out, and we'll see you in a minute. In today's volatile environment, making sure your scales are balanced has never been more important. Money can go up or down in value, and it may pose a risk if not properly managed to serve a specific purpose in a comprehensive plan. At The Lynn Group, we created a report that has general guidelines for proper allocation of your retirement and investment assets called the Rule of 100. You can download your own complimentary Rule of 100 report at financiallytunedradio.com or call us today at 805 500 And welcome back to Financially Tuned. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. And as always, our host, the man, Michael Mansfield, is here. And Michael, as a financial planner and a financial professional, you've been giving us a lot of great advice in that first half of what to watch out for. And I ended it by saying to you, and I want to ask you, you know, everybody's situation is different. So a lot of these folks that we hear on the radio saying, oh my gosh, you know, 2008, you lost, you know, 40% of everything you had in the market. You don't want to be all in the market. And I have heard a lot that as you get older, you should have less in the market. And I have heard, you know, fixed index annuities are good. However, everybody's different. Not, that's not right. right for everyone. If, if you're, you might be too young to make a fixed index annuity worthwhile, or you might not have enough money, or you might have so right, much money right. that you don't need that. So there are different scenarios, and you're not going to try to shoehorn everybody, our listeners out there, into one box or one specific plan, right? No, absolutely, Tony. All investing, in my opinion, is age-based. Depending on how old you are dictates the things that you should be trying to do and trying to accomplish and the goals you're setting and how you accomplish those goals. Your 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 accumulation phase of your life, your savings phase when you're young and put money into 401ks and IRAs and all that fun stuff is a very different philosophy from an investment point of view than in your distribution phase when you retire and now you need this money and you need distributions and you need to rely on it. But figuring out and ballparking the money that you need to cover your fixed income is absolutely the most important part of it. And that's why we always spend so much time on Social Security, pension planning, rental income planning. Anything coming in from the world is so valuable for us to try to attempt to maximize versus just pulling paychecks out of our savings account because that stinks. And then we figure out how much we take out of our savings in order to solve the total income gap and all of our cash flow concerns. But then we assess people's risk tolerance because I meet a lot of people that say I never want to lose money ever. But I meet other people that don't say that, that say, look, I'm willing to accept some type of risk, whether it's a dollar amount or a percentage. Those are things that we discuss. And once we figured out our income plan and segmented out all the assets we need to cover our income, then we start saying, okay, what's the what if plan? What if I have long-term care needs? How do I want to fund that? Do I want to fund that with assets that are growing? Do I want to buy insurance policies? See, having a long-term care plan isn't just buying insurance. It's just knowing how you're going to deal with it when you get there someday. I have a client, for example, that's just on the top of my head, that owns a rental property and they own it outright. And what a blessing that is for them. 
but they've said that if the day ever comes, that's what that asset is for. They've kept it over there. It's always going to be over there. If they ever have long-term care needs, they're going to cash that bad boy in, and that's their long-term care plan, and that's okay. For people that don't have other assets like that or discretionary things sitting on the sidelines, then maybe insurance planning becomes very appropriate. You got long-term care insurance. I wouldn't sell that to my enemy. I wouldn't sell that to my ugly cousin. I wouldn't sell that to anybody. Um, Why not? What's so wrong with long-term care insurance? Well, it's kind of funny. There's a lot of things that concern me about the traditional concept of long-term care insurance. Um, One is it's a health insurance product. So the state, the, the insurance companies are allowed to petition the state to raise your rates. Now, think about it for a second. What's happening right now? Baby boomers are retiring which means more and more people over the next 20 years are going to be going on to claim for insurance products. So do you think that long-term care rates are going to be going up or going down on your premiums? Uh, They're going to go up. They're definitely going up. And that's a problem because depending on the product and the investment and, and the policy you buy, those might be some hard things to control. Um, Actually, last year we had a gal retire from the county, and she, one of the things that she did was she rolled out her long-term care, her group policy with the county. She, this was, Actually, let me take this back in time. This was June of 2014 that she retired. In January of 2015, six months later, she comes into our office with a letter that says, Happy New Year's. Your premiums are going up 80% on your long-term care policy. Wow. <laughs> I thought, I thought, she actually brought the letter in because I didn't believe her. And it was incredible, you know, and you say, wow, that's uh, something that, you know, we didn't plan for in retirement. We didn't plan our fixed income to have uncontrollable long-term care costs. Tana, who works in our office, and I'll talk about this because she talked about it on the last show. Her grandparents are 94 years old, and unfortunately, her grandmother just passed away, but the grandfather's still alive. 94. They gave up their long-term care policies at the age of 89 because of a rate increase price them out of it on their fixed income. They couldn't afford it anymore. And at 91, they started using long-term care services. They're now quickly spending their money and going broke. So they're tough investments for the fact that, you know, it's hard to control the premium, one. And two is, what if you're the lucky one? What if you're the lucky guy in this world that doesn't need long-term care services? Pretty expensive toy to fund your whole life and not use it. You don't get anything back. It's kind of like your car insurance. Now, granted, I'm not mad uh, (laughs) that I don't get anything back for my car insurance because I don't want to get in a car accident. Not on wood. Right, exactly. But the problem is, is who has that money to just throw away? Right. Knowing that you may never need, you, you know, uh, you know, you may never need it and you don't know when you'll need it and you don't know if you'll need it. That's well, tough. And you're, and you're spot on because the people that also need to be buying those products are the ones that are kind of in that gray area of assets anyways, where things could go in a couple of different directions if they're sure. not careful. They don't have a boatload of discretionary money just to throw at things. So that's a concern. The other concern that is is odd is the whole redemption process. Most long-term care policies require a monthly redemption of receipts. You have to, just because your policy says they'll give you $5,000 a month, you have to show the long-term care provider $5,000 a month in receipts provided by qualified long-term care certified people. So if for some reason... You know, you're in a in a situation where you're only showing four thousand receipts. You're not maximizing your policy, and then the thing still runs dry once the time period is completed. So you don't get 
the potential out of the policy, maybe depending on your situation and where you're living and how it's all working wow. and who's helping you. Wow. The trade off, though, the trade off that I like is permanent life insurance. If now remember, this is a huge if. So I'm not saying anyone should run out and buy one of these. This is if you even needed it. But if I had a client that was interested in, in an insurance policy for long term care, I personally, and this is just my opinion, I would focus on life insurance, permanent life insurance with a chronic illness or a long-term care rider because two things are happening with those policies. One is you buy the right policy, you can contractually guarantee your premiums never to increase. Not saying this stuff is cheap. It's just as expensive as long-term care. This is pricey toys. And then two, if you're the one that's blessed, that's lucky enough not to need to use your long-term care benefits, not all is lost because the tax-free death benefit is passed to your beneficiaries from the life insurance. So basically what happens, you buy a death benefit policy. Let's say you had a $250,000 policy. The IRS says that if you qualify, just like traditional long-term care insurance, you can't do two out of six-year activities of daily living, that they can start advancing at specific rates depending on the product and the policy, your death benefit to you tax-free. If you don't use all of it before you pass away, then it still rolls over as the death benefit to you. So one way or another, you and your family will benefit from that tax-free bucket of money that you're paying for, whether it's for long-term care while you're alive or as a death benefit at your passing. And the other thing, once again, depending on the product, there's a, you know this is like the can of worms we're opening here, but depending on the product... If you get like a chronic illness rider, most of those don't have redemption processes. They basically say, hey, if this policy will allow you to get 5000 a month, they're just going to give it to you. You can go do whatever you need to do with it. So if you're paying someone who's not a certified provider to provide care for you, things like that, you can do that. So there's a little more flexibility and you don't have this monthly constant hassle of trying to redeem your long-term care policy. So once again, this is all personal preference. It's how I feel on the, the long-term care scene. It's something that a lot of people are needing. You know, the Department of Health Services did some study that said two-thirds of Americans are absolutely going to need some type of long-term care. So this yeah. is a huge thing. And you we know or we your spouse, bro, odds are yeah. you or your spouse will need it at some Look, point. Both yeah. Tana's grandparents, both my grandparents, both my mom's parents, uh, you know, it's very common. It's all around us now. It's yeah. not going away. Yeah. Well, great show, Michael. We're out of time. Is there anything else you want to add for our listeners before we go today? No. If anybody would like a complimentary consultation or would like a free copy of my book, The Wealth Puzzle, give us a call. You can stop by the office. Um, we'd be more than happy to talk with you with whatever you're thinking about. We are balanced advisors here. We use insurance products. We use stock market products. We like all things. We're not here to just say, oh, I'm only going to sell one type of product and I'm going to make everything else look bad because I don't believe that. I think all things have their merits at the right time, depending on the right person. So if you're curious about exploring that further, please call our office 805-500-7035. Visit our website, thelindgroup.com. You can certainly visit, uh, hear all of our radio show recordings at financiallytunedradio.com. But otherwise, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week doing it again. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit their website at financiallytunedradio.com.
All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Michael Mansfield and the Lind Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 